Hey, welcome to the Lyric House Church podcast. Our mission is to host a house for him. Join us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. for our live service. Make sure to check out our Facebook page for details about upcoming events and information on our small groups that meet throughout the week. Thank you for being part of our broader community, and we hope you enjoy this podcast. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. You know, it changes things when you know that you're loved. You're not worried. There's no fear. You just know that you know that you know that you are loved and that you are close to God. And he is close to you and he desires to be close to you. He desires for you to know that you know how madly in love he is with you. When you grab a hold of that, all things change. Far too long we've preached a different gospel message. The church has preached a different gospel message. We've tried to include ourselves in the message. All kinds of different shapes and forms. And actually, the simplicity of the gospel is just to love the Father, to love your neighbor, just like you love the Father. That word there actually means to crave in the Hebrew language. You crave the Father. You crave your neighbor to know Christ, to know this relationship, this love, this passionate love. You crave it for them because you've experienced it, you've tasted, you've seen. And you want them to taste and see, to know 
this freedom, this truth, this love. You want them to crave it, hunger and thirst for it. The freedom that sets men free from their selves, from religion, from the lies of the enemy. And it's free for everyone. That's where you find the peace that surpasses all understanding. Peace in the middle of the storm. believe Satan himself has blinded us from the truth of the message. That's like, that's his thing. Is to get us to not, to, to get us to see unrighteously. To get us to not think that we have right standing with the Father. Because what happens, it's like a, a veil or blinders come over our eyes when we don't see rightly. We've been blinded by deception, by separation. Most of the words for hell in the New Testament means separation. You've separated yourself. You've put yourself in your own personal hell. Kids are upstairs. We finally got the new room open for them. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like chariots in there. <laughs> A whole bunch of horses. That's awesome. Praise God. Thank you, God, for the room that we get to have for them now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, it's not even scriptural for us to try to use God to get through our day. And that kind of sounds a little funny, doesn't it? But that's not Christianity. You know, the word Christians only used twice in the New Testament. He calls us far greater things than just Christians. A royal priesthood, joint heirs with Christ, brothers, beloved. But God's not here to make sure you have a better day. He's not. What? That's right. He's not your butler. He's your father.
God is here to make sure that he shines through you as you yield to him. He wants to shine through you as you yield to him. As you yield to your Lord, does anyone know what the word Lord means? Master. As you yield to your master. He's not a genie in a bottle. He wants to shine through you, but why? Because he wants the whole world to know him through you. That's why he put you here. He made us to bear his image. We're image bearers, bearers, how do you say that? Image bearers of Christ. His light shines through us. He wants to live through us by the power of his same spirit, his spirit that dwells inside of us. Is anyone familiar with the word kawa? K-A-W-A. In Hebrew, the word kawa means to intertwine. It references this word in Isaiah 40, 31 and multiple other places. But he wants to intertwine with your thoughts. His thoughts become your thoughts. Your thoughts become his thoughts. You intertwine, you intermingle together. You become one together. In worship, in prayer, in speech, in relationship. We kawa. I think it's just a cool word. And when we kawa, our light shines. When we intertwine with him, our light shines. There's no way around it. Because he tells us in his word that we are the light of the world. We're a city on a hill, the salt of the earth. We are his children. So I just heard this. I thought he was the light of the world. He is the light of the world. Okay? But he lives in you now. So now you're able to shine. supposed to shine my light which is his light 
but we have to put on Christ. We put on Christ. We intertwine with Christ. We put him on by seeing ourselves rightly in the word as he sees us. We put him on. We begin to see ourselves rightly. Jesus says, I, the God of the universe, take on flesh to seek and to save that which is lost. And that right there is the Greek word crave. He craves. Somebody's not happy. The God of the universe takes on flesh to seek and to save which is lost. That Greek word there is crave. He craves to save what is lost. And we're in his image, so we crave to help people come out of their lostness. In Western eyes, in this Western culture that we live in, we don't fully understand salvation and what salvation means and what it means to be saved. We don't. We think, you know, we go, we get baptized, we're saved, we're good. We're a Christian. How many of us have thought that? Yeah. It's what we were taught, right? We, we did our good work, we're good. But there's so much more. There's actually a whole theology, not a theology, it's called soteriology on salvation. Did you guys know that? I didn't either. I didn't even realize there was an ology on being saved until recently because everybody talks about theology and what's the other one? Uh, geo, what is it? It starts with a G. What is it? Eschatology, that's it, yeah. But we don't study being saved and what it truly means to be saved and be a son of God. Soteriology. Soteriology. Yeah. But uh, our salvation's kind of important, right? Oh, yeah. We got one amen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, we don't walk around just saying my salvation's kind of important. There was a time in my life I probably did. Didn't think that much of it. But it is. It's truly important. It is the importance. We have to begin to look at ourselves and speak the truth to ourselves. Almost like look in the mirror and begin to speak the truth over yourself. You have redeemed me. You've redeemed me. I'm redeemed. I'm a joint heir. I'm a heavenly being. I've been brought close to the Father. I've been brought close. There's nothing that separates me from him. Unless I allow myself to be separated. 
Does that make sense? So don't let anyone separate you. Don't let your thoughts, the lies, ever separate you again. Because that's a lie. Separation is a lie. You have been brought near to the Lord. My sins are washed away. There's no guilt in me. There's no condemnation. For he has set me free. Begin to speak that over yourself because it is the truth. Begin to rest in the truth. Hell has been destroyed through salvation. Totally wiped out. It was annihilated through salvation. You don't have to worry about that. The worry is a distraction from your inclusion in Him. Fear is a distraction. Salvation is completeness. It's the word sozo, saved, healed, delivered, set free, and preserved in Christ. Fully preserved. Made one. Intertwined with the lover of your soul. The one who made a way where there was no way to complete you so you could be his bride in heavenly places be seated with him at the right hand of the Father. Oh, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful love story that no man could ever even thought of. That only our Lord, our Master, created because he's so joyous and excited about you and having a relationship with you. It's based upon the heartbeat of Jesus not the heartbeat of man. It's how he feels about you. First Timothy 2, verses 3 through 6. This is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of our God, our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time. The most important thing to Jesus was to glorify the Father. The most important thing for us to do is what? To love the Lord thy God with all our hearts, mind, and strength. And then Jesus said, I said this earlier, to love your neighbor, but he said it's like the first. It's like the first. So to love our neighbor just as we love the Lord our God. To crave the Lord our God, and to crave our neighbor to know him rightly.
have a burning desire to know him rightly, to crave, to hunger, to thirst. To love, to crave our neighbor, to know him. It's not in the second category. They're just right there with each other. I used to read it like it was a second category, you know. Until I got that and it was like, it's like the first. Oh. Then the light bulb went off. It's the same likeness in how you would just adore God. The Lyric House Church can be a house full of unimaginable glory for the Lord. We How does that happen? We have to protect it by the word of the Lord. And how do we do that? The word of the Lord becomes intertwined with our thoughts, our heart posture. Yeah, we treasure it, yes. If every time we feel overlooked because someone else is being promoted, if your response was, I've been brought close to the Lord, you wouldn't be worried about that. Or if you don't get time with your pastor and you want to have time with your pastor, you could say in your heart, he's just one man or one woman. Threw that in there for you, babe. But I've been brought close to the Lord. Or you're unable to be a part of the things the church is doing. And you have thoughts of being left out or maybe... You're accidentally left out. But you have been brought close to the Lord. It's about Jesus. You've been brought close through Jesus. All the other things don't matter. Those of you that are battling thoughts of not being good enough, thoughts of addiction, pornography, thoughts of not being right in the eyes of the Lord, when you begin to think about doing what you feel like the Lord is telling you not to do, Begin to just speak truth and love over yourself. Begin to speak the truth over yourself. See yourself rightly. Take your eyes off the addiction, the lies, the things. And begin to speak what he says about you. And those things grow dim and they fade out. And you become intertwined with him. No longer with the things of the world, but with him. He's cleansed you. He's liberated you. He's brought you close. It's for us to know, each individual in here, to know that you are his and that he is yours. I can never do that for you. No pastor, no preacher, evangelist, teacher, Apostle, prophet, can ever do that for you. You have to do that. 
There's only one that's on a pedestal, and it's him. He said, seek ye first the kingdom and its righteousness, and all these other things will be added unto you. He didn't say, seek a pastor, prophet, teacher, evangelist, apostle. Seek ye first the kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Your righteousness is your right standing with the Father. We don't need to go down that path. We'll get back on the notes. Man, Dakota, did you quote John 6 this morning? For his spirit who gives life and the fle flesh, flesh profits nothing? I thought you said something like that. You said something like that. Mm -hmm. But I think this message is for the congregation, just for us as the body, to begin to check our hearts, to begin to, when the devil whispers a lie to you, to take that thought captive. And bring it back to the word. Because what the enemy wants to do in the body is to divide it up. And Tiffany's heart is not about any sort of division. Her and I have been battling division our entire lives. But what happens is the enemy creeps in and he whispers lies. And then assumptions are made. And assumptions are not spoke about. They're not brought up. And then division happens. Hey, Kim. Whoa. Thanks, hey. <laughs> the Lord really wanted us to hear that, apparently. Hey, Kim, what was that thing that you said at Bema? You said at Bema about division. Um, A spirit of independence is the enemy to unity. guys hear that the spirit of independence is the enemy to unity yeah that's good i missed that baby i must have been in my own world or something mm, yeah oh yeah that's good We begin to guard our hearts. We guard our hearts when the devil whispers lies. Can you guys hear me okay? I feel like I can't hear. Okay. And this is why you'll do that. Because your life has changed. You're a new creation in Christ. You've been brought close to the Lord. And you want your children's lives to be changed. And you want your grandchildren's lives to be changed. This is generational. We're all being set free from the, the stuff that we were raised up in. We're renewing our minds so that our children and our children's children know they have a foundation. Our ceiling becomes their floor so they know they're right standing with the Father. A lot of us grew up in churches that we didn't know that. But these kids that are upstairs right now are being taught who they are in Christ and who God has made them to be. 
They're not just being taught little Bible stories about Noah and, and the flood. They're literally being taught who they are in Christ. They basically get taught the same thing that we get taught down here, just in a different way. It's so important. Because a lot of us are messed up. We're trying to uproot all this old religious junk that we grew up in. I was messed up for a long time. I didn't know who I was in Christ. I was scared. I thought I might go to hell because I didn't know who I was and what he had done and what it meant to be saved and full of glory. That's when darkness creeps in. It creeps in and it pops up in your mind because we don't fully know who we are and who he's made us to be. We allow that stuff to come in. No more. Those days are gone. If you're seeking self-promotion, that's a dark thought. It's dark. Idolizing others is dark. He's our idol. Nothing else. been brought close to the Lord. And those of you that have been touched by the Lord, you no longer need approval from men. You know. You know this. So let that light shine and share that with others. And if you're struggling with this, begin to just take those thoughts captive and just say, oh, that's not me. That's not who my father says I am. That must be a lie from the enemy. I'm the righteousness of Christ. I've been made holy. His light shines through me and it invades me. I tell you what, if you cut a limb off of my body, light's just going to shoot out of it because I am full of light. <laughs> the light of the world. You don't need a priesthood. You are the priesthood. That's what the word says. You don't need a priesthood. Now, yeah, it's good to have people to come around you and iron sharpens iron. We're all growing together. We're all learning together. We're all discerning the word rightfully together, yes. But he is the high priest, and he's made us the priesthood. 1 Peter 2 9 through 10. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a consecrated nation, a special people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies, the wonderful deeds and virtues and the perfections of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people at all. But now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. A chosen race. I'm a chosen race. A royal priesthood. I'm consecrated. He loves me. He's freaking all around me. Gosh. I swear sometimes I can just feel him. Like I feel him flowing through my fingers. It can become that real. 
He's more real than the ground I'm standing on. I'm sorry, I just get so excited. So passionate about the Lord, the way he just makes me feel. I'm not sorry, actually. I'm just excited. So I've been brought close to Jesus, who I thought was far away, and I couldn't, I didn't think there was a way. Because I was taught that I had to do good to get good, to maybe squeeze in through the gates, to maybe be with him. If I did good enough, and so many of us struggle with that over and over again, and we constantly beat ourselves up with that over and over again. Am I just preaching to myself? But he revealed to me that I was believing a whole ton of lies. He revealed to me that I've been brought close. I've been brought near already in this present moment. Not because of what I've done, but because of who he is and what he's done. We get to serve him. We get to be his hands and feet. We get to serve him by, by setting up chairs, by helping clean, holding the door open, greeting people, just smiling. I wish I had that picture we'd put it on the TV. <laughs> I found this AI-generated picture of Jesus, and he's just, like, super radically smiling. Uh, just, yeah, it's my screensaver. <laughs> I think it's awesome. It's so jolly. It's like a super jolly Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Put it on the screen. I don't think he has it. <laughs> He's got hair like fire. <laughs> Her eyes like fire and hair like wool. What'd you say? It reminds me of you. It's funny. So when I first put it on my screensaver, I woke up the next morning and I looked at my phone. And there it was. And I just grinned from ear to ear, just looking at it, and just smiling really big. And Trust comes around the corner of my bed. And she says, Dad, you look different. <laughs> Dad, is that you? And then she had to go off to school. And I kind of woke up, got ready. And then later that night, she comes in. And I'm in my closet. And she's like, Dad, I just did not recognize you this morning. You look completely different. I thought it was like your twin or something. You were up getting ready. She, she was trying to wake me up. I, well, I was just smiling like huge. I looked at it and just was like smiling. She came around and seen me just smiling really big. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the joy of the Lord. But when you see a need, there's a, you step right up and you fulfill it. 
Because you're not working for people. You're not looking for man's justification. You're doing it unto the Lord. His presence. His presence resting on us. Contentment in His presence. You just When you're content in His presence, you don't need anything else. Jesus is all you need. Are you putting the picture up there, hey? Are you? <laughs> it's just jolly Jesus. <laughs> I know, right? And I just envision that's what he's going to look like when I see him in heaven. He's just going to go, oh, Jason. <laughs> just contentment in his presence, being wrapped in the arms of love, fully embraced. His glorious love and kindness and mercy. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> okay. It just makes me feel good when I see it. <laughs> does it does did it do that to you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. Okay. I'll move on to James. James one, two. Consider it nothing but joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you fall into various trials. James says what? Be happy when life is hard, huh? Whenever trouble comes, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Hmm. You're like, what? i got to be joy when there's trouble? Like, what's he been smoking, you know? No, seriously. That lines up with our culture today, doesn't it? With the, what's going on in the world. <laughs> but it can be hard to find joy in troubled times. I'm sure we've all been there. Listen to what verse 3 says. Be assured that the testing of your faith through experience produces endurance, 
leading to spiritual maturity and inner peace. So when your faith is tested, your endurance or patience has a chance to grow. It's like roots going down deep into your life. Through this, you're watering your patience, your endurance. Verse 4, let it grow. So when your (coughs) endurance is fully developed, you will be mature and complete, lacking nothing. In other words, it takes trouble to build your endurance, patience, muscle. Just like working out. You go through troubled times, you learn to have patience and endurance. And you begin to build that muscle. So you become stronger in your patience. Stronger in your endurance in troubled times. So then when troubled times come, you become more content in relying on Him. And just saying, Lord, it's your deal. This is your problem. Lord, these bills are your bills. How are you going to pay them this time? That's your problem, Daddy. (laughs) That's right. John, you're right. It is our Daddy's problem. He shows up all the time. He does it all the time. Last week, I was getting hit in all sorts of directions by all kinds of darts coming at me. And I had to throw my shield of faith up all over the place from every which way. I ain't been hit like that in a while, to be honest. Stuff from last year was popping up even. We went through a lot last year at this time. But all these things started coming, and I'm talking to the Lord, and I'm like, man, Lord, something great's about to happen, isn't it? Something great's about to happen. You got something good stirring, don't you? And he does. But God takes trouble to make you more mature and stronger in your faith. It builds up your a deeper trust and dependency on God. Philippians 1.6 says, God who started this good work in you will bring it into completion. That verse took on a new meaning to me when I realized that I can handle any, I, I can't handle anything without God. He's the Lord of all, he's in all, he's through all. can't do anything outside of him. You guys doing okay? I got a question for you. What's better, obedience or honor? 
right, you don't have to answer. Difference between obedience and honor is obedience needs a command. Obedience is doing what we are commanded to do. Honor doesn't need a command. Honor does what we are supposed to do, even if we are not commanded. King David, known as the man after God's own heart, had many opportunities. Why is he known after the man of uh, God's heart? What is it he did? What is it he did? That, I mean, he did several things, but what was the thing that really pleased God that God didn't ask him to do? Yeah, he built him a dwelling place, and he just did it out of honoring God. God didn't command him to do it. And God seen that, and he said, now this is a man after my heart. It came from his heart. And that's the kind of heart God desires. I mean, even though David was a murderer, prideful, lustful, all those things, God desired his heart posture towards him. As a child, I would wait on my parents to do something and then I would then I would obey because they performed an action first. But that's not honor. We need to obey because it's good. Honor is, Dad, I don't need you to tell me to do this, but I'm going to do it because I know you want it. May this house, this house for him, become fully engulfed in a culture of honor to where we honor each other. We honor him. And through that, his honor flows through us because then we honor each other. Honor dispels separation. How do we do that? Jesus said, if a man has hatred in his heart for his brother, he's committed murder. If he has lust in his heart, he's committed adultery. See, a lot of people will be like, oh, it's that greasy grace message. They're just preaching grace, blah, blah, blah. But actually, the law of grace, the law of faith, the law of liberty is harder to keep than the law of works because it comes down to a thought process. It comes down to every thought. It's no longer an action. It's a thought that is the beginning of the action. It's our thoughts. You see, when I was getting bombarded last week, I had thoughts of vengeance come into me. And I don't hardly ever have those anymore. I don't want those anymore. But there was stuff that was done and showed to me that made these thoughts rise up into me to where I could have 
I had these vengeful thoughts that I could have done something. Of course, I immediately stopped the thought, but it reared its head back up in me, and I haven't had that happen in a long time, and I don't want that there. But in that moment, I took that thought captive. I'm like, God, why do I still have this in me? Why do I seek vengeance? Because I know it's not from you. But it's a thought. Did I act on it? No. Did I speak it? Yes. I did. But he showed me in this moment that when we have thoughts towards others, unforgiving thoughts, they go out and they attach themselves. Yeah, they're like horses trampling around, right? It's okay. We can be louder. Because <laughs> we're big kids. <laughs> but he showed me that, Lord, I thank you for the building next door. Lord, I thank you for when you're giving us the building next door. It's coming fast. Um, but it showed me that our thoughts, they go out, okay? If I have a vengeful thought towards somebody, it's an unforgiving thought, and it goes out and it attaches itself to the individual. It's energy, right? It's, it's power. It's power. Our thoughts are power. It's a form of power, just like the spirit of life and death is in the tongue. The power in the tongue. We have power in our tongue. We have power in our thoughts. It's another wave of power. It's energy that goes out and it attaches itself to people, okay? And then that energy is a negative energy which we don't want it at negative energy because that's not who we are, right? So that's why it's so important for us to forgive because we want to take all that negative stuff and turn it into a positive energy that comes from Christ and get rid of the enemy's negative energy, right? So it's so important for us to forgive and to release those that have come against us, those who have afflicted us. And I know it's hard to do sometimes, especially if you're in the present moment of whatever it is that's going on. It can be hard to do. But he's showing me this. And he didn't create us to be like that. And these thoughts go out and they attach to them and to us. So there's still an attachment there because we have not released them. And I know we say forgiveness is for the individual that needs to forgive, which is truth to that, but it's also for them as well. It releases both of you. You're both released. Whether or not their thoughts are pure towards you or not, it does not matter. It's your thoughts that become pure towards them, no matter the situation or the circumstance. And our thoughts have power. Our words have an even greater level of power. And then our actions have an even greater level of power. But it works the same way with positive thoughts. If I think kindness and love towards others, that attaches to them as well. And we walk around feeling that. You know, I mean, 
You you know how many times we have just strange people, not strange people, just <laughs> strangers, you know, yeah, it, just people that come into the coffee shop, and they'll walk in here and they'll say, man, it just feels different in here. Feels good. What's that feeling? Yeah, it's Jesus. Yeah, it, it is. It's his, it's his presence. <laughs> yeah, it's his fruits. They're growing here. They're thriving. And, and the people that are in here in the atmosphere, you know, it, it's, it's spontaneous. It's, it's, it's uh, contagious. You can just feel it. It's, it's the unseen realm. presence Romans 12:19 Beloved do not avenge yourselves but rather give place to wrath for it is written vengeance is mine I will repay says the Lord This is one of the reasons why we must forgive we like to say that, I already talked about all that. I totally all jacked my notes up because I started getting all riled up. Mm. Lord, I just thank you. What? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we just see that little piece of it, yeah, 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 yep, and he sees it all with that big joyous face. <laughs> that takes us to Philippians 4, 4 through 9. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, Rejoice! Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, Whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. It's not about getting to heaven. Now it's about letting heaven flow out of you through your thoughts and your actions. And then that leads us to meekness. Who knows what meekness is? What? Mm. 
Yeah, imagine like a, a soldier fully equipped for battle. He's well trained and immersed in power. But he doesn't abuse his strength or become heated or reckless. He just keeps his weapons holstered. And he rests in who he is. Yeah, Julie.
I totally understand where you're coming from. No, it's good. <laughs> yeah.
There's many of us in here that have something that we're holding on to that we don't want to release to him. So I'm going to pray right now. And we're going to take those thoughts captive. And you know what it is. And I just want to encourage you to just let it go. So Father, we just we worship you, we adore you. We honor you in this house. You are worthy to take all these things. You're such a good God, a loving God. We hand over the things of the world to you. We keep our eyes fixated on you, intertwined with your spirit and with your presence, your goodness. Let the world, the things of the world grow dim, to fade out. We thank you for restoring our minds and our thoughts to rightfully line up with who you have created us to be as joint heirs royal priest your intertwined children thank you for receiving what it is we've laid down at your feet right now Thank you, Jesus. Just thinking about how it seems like we talk about forgiveness and freedom and surrender so often. Um, and even to the point where I feel like some of us are like, yeah, we know, we know. But here's the thing is, we know, and we can, we could probably put this whole sermon together and say all of the right things and say everything that we think that the Lord wants us to say, and it, it might even touch people, but do we really grasp it? Are we really walking in it? And we would know because our fruit would show that. And it's okay if we have to try again every day. It's okay if we have to try again every moment. It's just like exercising the muscle. Every day his mercies are new each and every day. And we just keep persevering and pushing forward. <sighs> Becoming more entwined, more like him. More pure in thought. more acquainted with our Father. Knowing that we know that we're wrapped in the arms of love. No matter the situation or circumstance. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Master. Good, good.
I knew I was going to be a mess today when I was reading this morning in, in Matthew and Mark on um, the walk to Calvary, the, the walk to Golgotha, and I was like not okay just reading ab- about Jesus and um, just what that looked like. And then, then see, uh, Shiloh starts singing the darling of heaven crucified, and I'm just done for it, man. I can't. So, <sighs> I'm okay. I'm going to make it today. You guys good? Everybody going to make it today? I feel like it's, it's such a, like, it's not a heavy feeling today. It's just, like, I mean, it's not heavy in a bad way. It's just, man, God was thick today. So let's just keep this, take this with us all day while Jason makes lunch, while we watch the Chiefs game. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Yeah. You have to come up here and use the mic, though, because you're not as loud as Julie. <laughs> Julie's like, I don't need your mic, Jason. <laughs> okay, so Jason, you were talking about having your shield up everywhere. And I think it's Ephesians 6 where it talks about the armor of God. Somebody, yes, no? Okay, cool. Look at me. Um, but when you have a Roman soldier, they did not go out by themselves. And this is why the church is so important and why we need to be connected. Right. Um, it's called the testitude formation. Teller to te- something. They would have all of their shields up in a formation so that their entire front was covered. And then those succeeding behind them would have them up above their head. So as arrows came down, nobody would be, nobody would get shot. And then all the soldiers on the side would have their sword on this side or on the other side. Like this was an impenetrable force. Yes. (laughs) And I just had this picture of the church, how we always think like, oh, and of course God is for us like individually, but he wants us to be in community so that when we do put on our armor and we do look and we do feel like we've got this pressure, we've got our community, we've got our army with us to say, hey, I know you're struggling right now, but let me remind you of what your belt of truth says. I know you're struggling right now, but that arrow that just came down on top of you, you didn't feel it. That's it. I just thought it was beautiful. It is beautiful. That's something that really, really has been um, really brought up over and over and over is community and family and how um, in our culture we're so, and we talked about this at Bama, that like in our culture, don't come over to my house unless you text me. Like don't, but for real, don't do that. Um, <laughs> some of you guys are like, no, come over. Like I am not one of those. Um, so but we have it like it's so backwards. We have it so messed up. And I re- like I get it. I understand that community isn't what it should be. The community like I have to understand like the scripture was all about a family and God restoring his family. It's what it's about. And I say it a hundred times. And I know you guys always hear me. But I said God doesn't call us to buildings. He calls us. He calls us to a family. But what good is a building without the family, right? And so every one of us, and this isn't like a ploy to get you guys to volunteer or serve. That's not what this is. But I know in my house, my children help. 
in my house, it, if one of us aren't cooking, one of us starts. It's not about like, who's, who has to do it today? It's about, we have to, somebody has to cook. It's usually Jason. But in our home, in our family, we're together. They may, my, our kids will beat each other up. They will. They do. <laughs> but they're also the first to defend each other. Unless they're beating, unless it's one of them and then they don't care. Um, but just that, that community and um, what you're talking about, Sarah, is, is it's crucial. It's, what we're, it's why we have this body. It's what we're doing here. It's, it's forming this community of people that have each other's back, that can lift each other's hands up. And listen, like, you guys are so good at doing it for each other because it can't just always, and I, I mean, I wish it was, but it can't just always be Jason and I that go to and pray and lift each other's arms up. Like, we need each other to do it, and we're all stepping up to that, and I'm seeing that, and I think it's beautiful. I love to see you guys pouring into each other and teaching each other, and I'm grateful for that. Okay. Anything else? Okay. You ready, Hey. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Lyric House Church podcast. We hope this message blessed you, and we encourage you to share with your family and friends. Remember, the gospel is good news, and good news is worth sharing. If you want to get involved or see what's happening next, make sure to follow us on social media. Until next week, we love you, and God bless.